Hi, this is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Through the power of our own conversations with drifters, customers, and special guests, we'll learn how to deliver a sales and marketing experience that puts the buyer first. Let's get into it. Hey, Elizabeth. Good morning, Sammy. Good morning. It is our seventh episode of Conversation Starters. Seventh, our second to last of season one. We've been chugging along. That's crazy. I have been listening to them, which I normally try to avoid listening to my own voice, but I have been going back to listen to our guests talk because I feel like they have had so many good things to say this season. Yeah, definitely um, repeat episodes to get all of the information, but I totally agree. And given my role, I have to listen back to all of the episodes for edits and social clips and all of that. And I will say more often than not, I'm like one and a half to two Xing these parts just to get through myself. It's hard. But it's also really helpful because I feel like every time now we come back into the studio, we either want to experiment and try something different or we're like, that didn't work. Let's try this. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to myself back and I'm like, oh, I need to stay away from these types of, you know, words or reactions or whatever it is. And I learned from them, which speaking of learning from listening to yourself back, what a seamless transition. Today, we are talking to Ryan from Gong. And Gong is a revenue intelligence platform, and Ryan's going to talk all about it in this episode. But I'm really excited to learn how she talks about using data and making better conversations from that data. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what she has to say, not only from a sales perspective, but also a marketing perspective. I've heard only good things about how our reps use Gong and really what you can learn from listening back to the calls. So excited to get into it. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, not a problem. It's great to meet you, Sammy. Good to see and hear everyone on listening. Awesome. And Ryan, can you introduce yourself and give a little bit of background at what you do at Gong? Yeah, I am the product marketing director at Gong, and I'm focused on our strategic messaging at the company, uh, specifically around a lot of our company-wide initiatives, uh, new messaging, new positioning, and our net new product launches. So we've got some fun stuff coming up for this year. I've been at Gong for exactly one year on the dot. February is my one-year anniversary. Uh, Uh I came over from spending a few years at Salesforce and then a few other years at General Electric. Happy one year at Gong. That's very exciting. Time flew. (laughs) Time does fly. I feel like especially at tech companies, it's like one year, seven years. It's like, how did this happen when I got the notification? Oh, great. I know. I love getting those notifications on LinkedIn and I'm like, seriously, I've been here three years. What? Um, this is my favorite question to ask someone in product marketing. So I'm very excited to ask this to you. Okay. What is Gong? Yeah, uh, good question. <laughs> so Gong is a revenue intelligence platform. Uh, and the goal is to empower the entire go-to-market organization. That includes sales, which we talk about a lot, but also customer success, marketing, enablement, or inside teams. Uh, and the whole goal is to operationalize 
customer interactions. And that's mm-hmm. every way that you communicate with your customer, emails, Zoom calls, um, texts, everything like that, so that you can unlock reality and really understand and action upon what's going on with your customers. Nice. And if you go to Gong's website, I mean, first of all, if you go to Gong's website, you do see an adorable drift bot in the lower right hand corner yep. that says woof. I'm obsessed with Bruno bot. Yeah, we are <laughs> one of my favorite users. icons. <laughs> but also, if you go to the Gong website, you see words like um, the using, you know, the science to help the art of selling. You see mm-hmm. words like revenue intelligence. So, what does that mean, revenue intelligence? How does Gong play in the revenue intelligence space? Yeah, well, to start with your first question, science and art of selling is something that we uh, talk about quite a bit. And all of the sales folks listening to this realize that your craft is an art and it takes a lot of skill, a lot of practice. um, And what we can do to help is provide that data, that insight, that science to help make your art even more beautiful. Mm. Uh, We do that using revenue intelligence, which is specifically the market category that Gong falls into uh, our revenue intelligence platform captures all the customer interactions, and then we uh, analyze them using that science in the middle to provide the next best actions and winning outcomes for the entire organization. Mm. And what are some of those data points that I could see? Let's say I was going back and mm-hmm. analyzing the conversation I'm having with you. What, yeah. what are some of those data points that I could look at? Lots of different things. Um, talk ratios. So how many times would I be going on a monologue as opposed to asking insightful questions to really understand um, what are those questions? Are they on message? Are they on brand? Um, Am I setting up next steps or is this just a fleeting phone call in the wind? Uh, Lots of stuff like that. We can really get to the bottom of who's saying what, when, and how are they actually speaking to your brand, to your company, something I'm passionate about as a marketer. Yeah, I was on the customer success team before I was a marketer. And I would go into Gong and look at my conversations with customers. Yeah, And there would be so many times when I would look back and be like, really, I talked for that long? You you don't realize it when you're doing it. So I'm curious, like, how crucial is it? that you look at that data and how can you use that data to create better conversations? Yeah. I mean, looking at the data is honestly, it's step one and understanding Mm -hmm. first, you have to admit that you have a problem. (laughs) No, it's really just starting to understand and be comfortable with your style and then understanding the style that works, the style that sells, really Mm -hmm. learning from your team members and the reps that are closing the most deals and repeating what is making them successful and actioning upon that. So understanding what good looks like and repeating that over and over again and making that into your art and making that into your craft and then harnessing the power of that interaction and looping in the right people automatically so that you can take the best next steps that isn't necessarily the best for you, but the best for the customer and the mutual relationship that you're building. Yeah, I love that. At the end of the day, you're looking back at what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but it's to create a better customer experience, to create a better buyer experience. Yeah, you have to look internally, do a little soul searching first in order to 
make that experience the best, close more deals at the end of the day and create that aligned view of the company. Yeah. And how does leveraging data help improve business productivity? Yeah. So data is honestly numbers and letters at a certain (laughs) point. And you just collect these numbers and letters. And a lot of times it's like, well, that's great, but what do you do with it? And it's not exactly actionable until you add context to that data and start mining for insights. And context could be matching up a conversation with what's in your CRM, what was said in an email, how that text message appeared, marrying everything together so that you're getting not just one conversation, but the full scope of the relationship to Mm -hmm. create an action that actually makes sense. And it's not based on one thing. It's based on every touch point within sales and marketing and CS that Mm. this customer is having. So it's A, not repetitive and B, it actually matters. I love that. I think it's something I've talked about in a previous podcast, but as marketers, as salespeople, there is a certain level of ego that can creep in where you think, this is the best next action, or this is how my customers are talking. And, uh, you know, I, I need to be talking the X, Y, Z, but really getting down to the data and letting that provide the next best action is going to create that better experience. Yeah. I'm never going to put it, uh, past some of the most tenured reps. Like sometimes you have to follow your gut and Mm -hmm. you've done this before you've been around the block and yeah, if you have this gut feeling, you've done it before. So I would never hold anything like that past a rep that's done this a hundred times. That's amazing. And maybe we have a lot to learn from you, mm-hmm. uh, but adding this additional layer can help unlock things that maybe the most tenured person doesn't know about. You don't know the yeah. conversation that your CSM might've had three weeks ago. It just wasn't on your radar or you don't know what marketing has sent out to them or what they've participated on in the past. So even the best reps can really get a lot from understanding that full spectrum. Yeah. Elizabeth and I were talking about it a little bit earlier, but listening to the podcast or when I was on the CS team, listening back to my calls can be a little uneasy. (laughs) You know, you look at yourself And you count your likes and ums and you might cringe a little seeing yourself on video like, oh, my hair was doing something real weird. Um, (laughs) But what are some key things that managers and reps should be looking for in their conversations? Okay, so to start, I fully get that, like listening to my own voice. It does it sound weird to everyone else because I really like, will I watch this later? I will, but it feels weird to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So A, I just get past that, I guess. Yeah. Um, And B, there's a lot of things to look at. And it's not looking necessarily at one person, but also looking across a team. um, Who Mm -hmm. are your top performers? Why are they top performers? And what are the uh, traits that they hold that we can try and replicate and coach upon for maybe the your middle 50%. How do we move that middle based on replicating what that top percentage is doing? Um, we touched on it a little bit more. Talk ratios are important. Uh, monologues, not great. I think that we can all agree on it, but you don't always know that you're going on a rant. Um, mm-hmm. How many questions are they asking? 
what we actually do is literally count the number of questions that are asking. Are they setting up next steps? Is Are we making this a process that's going to last a little bit longer? Um, then my favorite is, are they staying on message that the company really wants to put out there? And you can track things like that, of how they are speaking about the company. Yeah, it's finding what good looks like mm-hmm. and just trying to replicate that as best as possible. And you get to look at your team and find that. And I think it's really inspiring to watch another yeah. gong call of a peer and see how they handled a certain question exactly. and how they recommended a next step. Yeah, I uh, I think that's the best way to learn. Of course, it's really helpful when you're onboarding and when you're coming into a new company and you want to learn how that, like, what is the product? What is the way to sell it the best? Everyone's got a learning curve in the beginning. So that's a really great way um, to ramp up. And I also call it uh, a little bit like my cheat code of if someone's been successful, why are we starting from scratch again? There's no Mm -hmm. need to reinvent the wheel. This is working. Adapt it, make it my own. But leveraging past successes to make an even more successful future is huge. Yeah. And with the data and then just sort of trusting your gut right? What is that balance between looking at that data and then also just having sort of a natural flow of a conversation? Natural flow is the most important aspect. I think uh, you're trying to develop trust. You're going to be that trusted advisor. You want to have this person be your right hand throughout the process. So being able to sift through the noise if you have too much data, trusting your gut at a certain point, there is that art there that we're never ever going to try and take away from. Um, Just looking at the data, but making it your own, putting in your intuition into it, understanding what good has looked like for you and using that to add add a little bit of flavor to it. But too much data can be overwhelming and counterproductive. So just making sure that it's actionable. Yeah. And trusted advisor is such a good key term when Mm -hmm. thinking about having conversations with customers and having conversation with buyers. We talk about that a lot at Drift of how can you make sure that your interactions are creating trust? And once you have that trust, how can you keep that trust? Yeah, it's something I hear a lot in the market, trusted advisor. And I truly believe in that as well. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit uh, about an experience that you've had using Gong that's taught you something about the way you interact with customers. Yeah. And I'm sure as a marketer, this one is going to ring home to you. Um, a hot topic is how to best use slides in conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a marketer. I love a good slide every now and then. But what Gong was able to do is really unlock the truth about there's a time and a place and a way to use it productively. Um, But something that we see often is for reps that are using slides is they often become a little bit too reliant on it. And it increases the chances that they're going to go on a little bit longer of a monologue because you're speaking to the slide and you're saying your script. So it's really, don't forget to ask the questions. Don't forget the basics. It's a tool to be there to assist you, but that is just visual aid at a certain point. Don't forget what you've learned from day one as an inside sales rep 
get them to talk, ask the questions, don't go on a monologue, use that as supporting and not as the end all be all. And I'm sure a lot of folks here go back and forth on slides and it can be done, but it has to be done tastefully. Mm. Okay. I'm very guilty of using too. slides, especially in remote settings where oh, you're kind yeah. of so used to being on Zoom mm-hmm. and you want to maybe hide a little bit behind it. But you're totally right. When I'm using slides, I'm on a script that I've made previously, right? Like I know what I want to talk about and it doesn't leave as much room for questions from my peers, even, you know, internally too, when you're having those conversations. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still use slides every now and then, and I still believe that they are a helpful tool, but it's all about not forgetting, you know, your core foundation. Yeah. And relatedly, how does Gong, and this is very relevant because I love Bruno the dog, bot. Um, how does Gong eat its own dog food? How do you use Gong to create marketing and sales strategies? For sure. Um, so this is something that I'm very much in the middle of right now. So I'm focused on a lot of our strategic messaging for the company. And you may or may not have noticed we've done a lot of updating over the past couple months. We have an all-new website. We have a new mission. We're really broadening the awareness of Gong, what Gong is. And so something that I've been doing as a marketer is trying to track those Gong on Gong statistics. What does our Mm -hmm. adoption actually look like for the strategic messaging? Uh, How many of our reps are actually using it? But instead of just that count, what's actually more important is how is it actually impacting win rates and sales Mm -hmm. velocity? Are you winning more with this messaging? Are your deals progressing faster um, when it is landing? Why? Like, how did you actually position it? How did you make it your own? What questions did you ask? When it's not, uh, what went wrong? Is it something that we can change on the fly? I use it as, like I said before, my cheat code. And if Mm. there's something that needs to be changed, the data is going to tell me this is not something that you need to hold so near and dear that you can't change it. It's about being fluid and learning from the data and actually doing something with it. So I am constantly looking at my trackers to see what this is looking like. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Gong has had a refresh in a way, a new logo, new website. So what did that enablement look like with with the sales team of this is what our messaging looks like, here's how you should use it, and then using that to look at the win rates? So we did 100% uh, training for the entire company. So we had to do um, a stand and deliver of we're going to train you up on what the new messaging is. We'll have our CRO do a recording, introduce a good way to position it. And then every single person had to uh, certify with an enablement specialist, a product marketer, just to tell the message in a way that's unique to them. It's not about reading a script. No one wants a script. Everyone wants to know what it means to unlock reality to you. Uh, And then from there, we just started keeping an eye on it. We built custom trackers in Gong so that we can track um, whether certain key phrases were used, like our mission statement, or Mm. if a certain slide was used so we can see specifically when and where it's used. And within the deals that it is used in, um, have those been closed one 
are those progressing faster and we can track the timeline across when it moves through the deal cycle. Um, but it's definitely an ongoing effort. We launched everything in October. So we're seeing a lot of adoption and uh, hopefully those win rates boost, but that's very, it's a very quick turnaround, but we see a lot of information and have also subsequently made a lot of changes based on what was working and what wasn't. Hmm. I love that it wasn't just your sales and customer success team that was mm -hmm. trained and certified. It was the whole company. Yeah, it's uh, the sales team is definitely customer facing and it's one of the most important roles to stay on message. However, at a certain point, everyone is in sales in some capacity. Yep. If you're in recruiting, you are selling to a potential candidate or a potential new hire. You want to make sure that you are articulating correctly. What is the company? What is the mission? What are you getting started in? Uh, we want our product teams to be building and understanding the whole goal of the company and what they're building towards. It is way more than go to market and Every single new hire from now forward is also learning everything new for the company with stand and delivers too. Yeah, I think that's what every single company should adopt. I love that there was that training and getting certified. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, everyone at the company needs to have those same values when they're creating new products or <laughs> when the support team is talking to customers or whatever that is. Everyone is at the end of the day, like you said. A seller, everyone is basically a marketer. Right. Yeah, that's that's great. I, I love hearing the number that. of conversations I've had on the airplane of like, what's that sticker on your computer? Oh, oh it's gone. <laughs> we unlock reality and goes from there. That is so true. Nowadays, with all the apparel, you're a brand ambassador no matter where you go. And you need to be able to to speak the, the same. There you go. I wish I had some swag with me too, but I do love gong swag. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And something I am curious about selfishly as I go mm -hmm. into more conversations with buyers and customers, do you have any sort of database of common mistakes that you have seen in sales or marketing or customer success calls? Yeah. So where I'd recommend starting is Gong Labs. We have a team of data scientists that look through all of the interactions in Gong to find common mistakes, very positive successes, just to help identify traits for anyone to use. This isn't just Gong helping Gong. Um, I definitely recommend looking up Gong Labs. Devin Reed does a brilliant job of picking out the best uh, data-backed sales tips. Uh, I pulled in a couple. I was looking at it right before we hopped on just to leave you with a few fun tips. Please do tell. Yeah. So number one that we found is negotiations over email. Uh, hmm. Win rates actually spike when you share pricing over email. However, hmm. once they start asking questions or asking for a discount and that e-negotiation starts, that's when it starts to tank. No negotiations over emails. Definitely share the pricing. Uh, mm. But when the question's asked, then you hop back on the phone so that there's nothing that's misunderstood over email. It's sometimes hard to get context like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And then also the tone sometimes can yeah. be misconstrued. How many different things like that. Can you really use, right? <laughs> exactly. Team selling is huge. Uh, 
you're going to see your win rate spike and your deal velocity go a lot quicker when you are bringing in your experts or your manager, that time investment across your team, that's building trust. When you bring in your director or your VPs or anyone like that, that time investment is huge. Your experts, so your uh, product team, your engineers, they're helping you to build your credibility and you're just getting the competitive edge when you sell as a team. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And it goes back to the trusted advisor, right? And bringing in those people who can provide that credibility. Exactly. And there's no expectation that one person knows everything. And I don't think anyone is ever going to expect that. And knowing when to bring in others is huge. That's a great tip. And then the last one is multi-threading. So team selling is great from your side as a seller, but talking to more people on the buyer's side and getting four or more contacts that you're actually speaking to is also going to hugely increase win rates. Ryan, I uh, have talked about this on past podcasts, but I really need to actually do it to have a notepad with me and a pen because I wish I was taking notes and I will go back and I will listen to these and I'm going to send this to our, uh, you know, sales org. I'll pin it in the sales channel. Thank you so much for the insights and for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, feel free to reach out at any point, LinkedIn, wherever someone wants to connect. Okay, so my new editing tactic for these podcasts is going to be upload them to Gong, see what Gong sends back to me, and then I'll try to edit it in the best way and take notes so that each episode gets better. I think that's the new hack. That's exactly what Ryan was talking about, using data and the art and creating better recommendations. Ryan, you're welcome. I'm um, establishing a new use case for Gong right now, so... (laughs) Congrats. And we're Great. already You're big. Welcome. We're already big raving fans of Gong here. Yeah, so. that wasn't clear, yeah. especially the dog. I love Bruno Bot. Bruno Bot. Well, speaking of balancing art and science in conversations, um, we actually have our first in-person drift event coming up in March. We do. That's going to have a special speaker who knows a thing or two about persuasion, influence, all the things. If you couldn't tell by just the two words, persuasion and influence, (laughs) we are talking about Robert Cialdini. And he is headlining Drift Flash, which is, like Elizabeth said, our first in-person event. And I want to say like two, three years, something like that. Two and a half. The last one was San Francisco, like November. We were both there, Hypergrowth. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun event, very educational, and we're going to have some amazing speakers. Our CEO, David Cancel, is going to talk, Katie Foote, and our uh, chief product officer yes, also Leo. has some things up his sleeve. So I'm very excited. It's March 16th. You can get your tickets on drift.com backslash events. Linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six-star review by clicking the link in the show notes and hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sammy Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcasts.